Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to share your birth stories. No problem. Thank you for having me. So you can go ahead and start wherever you want to start. <laughs> okay. Well, I figured I would start from the beginning with my first child. Um, I was 23, so it was quite a while ago. Uh, <laughs> I was here in Hawaii for my first, which was really special and really exciting. And I always kind of as a child was drawn to birth and motherhood. And I was that crazy kid who was seventh grade homesick watching a baby story. And (laughs) my emotions (laughs) with that show kind of ranged from, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can do this to, wow, like that woman really knows what she's doing. Um, And so I always kind of knew what I did want and what I didn't want. And when I shared it with people, they always were kind of judgmental of it. Like, Kimberly, what are you doing? Just just do what everybody else is doing. You're, mm. you're going to end up doing what everybody else is doing anyway. You have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about until you get in there and you experience it. <laughs> and I was just like, no, this is, this is mm. what I want. I'm at least going to try. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, when I got pregnant and I was rather young, <laughs> everybody was just like, you, you're going to you're going to realize when you get in there that it's not this way. And that was kind of like my fuel at this point. Mm-hmm. And I love my first birth story. It was my hardest by far, but I love it because it was kind of my portal into the birth world and into loving this work and, and doing this and having my babies. And it really opened me up to who I am today. Mm. Uh, so I immediately knew from watching a birth, uh, a big ba- baby story that mm-hmm. I wanted to have a hypnobirth. That was something that I was always really drawn to. I wanted to have a water birth, but I knew it wasn't going to be possible in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of agreed that that wasn't going to happen this time and that maybe next time I could try, but I knew that I wanted to be in the hospital cause I wasn't really sure how my body was going to do. Mm-hmm. And of course, back when I was younger, I kind of looked at my mother's stories and my grandmother's stories because I came from a big Italian family that was kind of like you know genetics or everything so we could dismiss <laughs> everything away with well it's okay it's okay that you had that experience because your mother had it and your grandmother had it and that's just how right. it is here and you know after living in Italy for three years that's totally how it is <laughs> like <laughs> that's just how it is here and it's okay that it sucks but that's just how it is <laughs> and so I was kind of at the point where I was like, but I, you know, I can understand if it's like that, but I just want to kind of dip my toe in the water and see Mm. if I can come up with something different. So I instantly right off the bat was having issues definitely with the pregnancy and with my intuition. I struggled with infertility, so it wasn't an easy journey to begin with. I had PCOS and had a really hard time conceiving. So to go from not trusting my body at all and being completely shocked and thrilled, of course, that I did get pregnant to then mm-hmm. going into this, okay, now I'm going to trust my body. Yeah. <laughs> was wow. kind of like, yeah, it was kind of conflicting energy. And I've kind of learned on my journey that that's just who I am. I, I'm always mm-hmm. going to be handed conflicting energy and it's kind of my job to sift through it and even it out (laughs) so this is kind of my first (laughs) taste of that um so yeah so I instantly was just like I'm gonna do hypnobirthing and it's gonna be okay Mm. and I remember at the time you know my husband we were young we had really just we'd only been married for two years (laughs) not even ourselves and he was like you want to do what now (laughs) 
(laughs) no I really want to try to give birth naturally and in my first weeks of pregnancy I did have some bleeding so one time we were in the hospital I had a subchorionic hemorrhage and Uh it did resolve on its own it wasn't a big deal but of course we were young and we were scared Mm -hmm. and so one day we were sitting in Tripler in the emergency room and I I threw this on him I was like I I really want to have a hypnobirth I want to give birth naturally and he was like no No. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I'm serious. I really want to do this. And they had the little poster on the wall, you know, of the little faces mm-hmm. with the pain scale. And he pointed at the poster. He said, Kimberly, childbirth is a nine out of ten. <laughs> 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 and, you know, oh. our, we didn't know any but any better. Our mothers, his mother mm-hmm. had two cesareans. My mother had a really traumatic vaginal induction with me and then uh, a cesarean with my brother so we didn't really know anything else that was just kind of how it was <laughs> and I said no I really want to do this and he kind of just okay Kimberly and he wasn't going to help me but he was like okay whatever and just thinking I would drop it well <laughs> a couple weeks later I found a hypnobirthing instructor in Hawaii Mm-hmm. And I just decided to go for it. And I was really, really excited. And he was kind of making fun of me a little bit. <laughs> he was like, what is this? What are you getting me involved in? And right. <laughs> yeah, he, he gave me a bit of a hard time. But the first class that we took, we were mind blown and just all in. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just, we completely changed our views. It, it wasn't just this like woo kind of thing that they pass it off as. It was mm-hmm. truly an experience of science and basic physiology and women mm-hmm. have been doing this for since the beginning of time. It's, it's how we have come to be. Right. And the, the, just even the cycle of fear and pain just made mm-hmm. so much sense to me. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I, I've always been somebody, you know, as a musician who went to college to study music and and practice and things like that. I know that with practice, anything is possible. Mm. So I was a true believer that if I practice this and I could change my mindset and Mm -hmm. kind of change my fears and cancel out all these people who were telling me differently that I could have the experience that I wanted. Um, And so ironically, the baby that I birthed during this time, I named Tristan, (laughs) which actually means tumult or noise. Uh, and he, for sure, this experience for sure brought that into my life because it was like, I had such an amazing experience and I was so thrilled. I mean, not completely because there were road bumps, but even mm-hmm. with the road bumps, I was thrilled with what I learned from it. But mm-hmm. uh, everybody around me, no matter what side they were on, was like, yeah, you didn't do it right. You didn't do it right. And yet I, for me, it was like, this is such a part of my soul journey. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. turn out really well one way or the other, you know, Mm -hmm. regards to the, this is why it's kind of, it's, I feel like I kind of can understand both sides. And and I like Mm -hmm. that, that I can get the natural world, but I can also get the need for intervention and things like that. And I also see where fear plays a role and, and all of these, you know, we can cross into the divine and the spiritual aspect of birth. Um, so it was kind of a crazy trip for me, especially so young and to have it being my first experience, but we wrapped up the hypnobirth thing and we loved it and we were just feeling really, really prepared. We were like, we got this as long as we stay in the right mindset, nothing can go wrong. It's going to be perfect and everything's perfectly healthy. I had no issues once the hemorrhage resolved itself. 
I was, you know, I, I, bre- I breezed through my, all my prenatal appointments. Everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. I did go to Tripler um, because that was what we had. <laughs> and I went through the midwife program. So I was really mm-hmm. excited. I was like, I have midwives. Midwives are, are there for women. And this is, I'm doing the right thing. This is, this is as good as it's going to get for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I met, I would say six out of eight of them. And I really did enjoy them all. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that no matter who I got, I was like, I'm in good hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, things kind of started to take a turn when I got to 39 weeks, 39 weeks. <laughs> so we were talking at 39 weeks about what would happen if I went overdue. Mm-hmm. And that conversation really rocked me um, mm-hmm. because it was like, I'm not even, you're not even really giving me a chance. And these are people who I've been trusting my whole pregnancy. And it was like, okay, well, we got to get you on the induction list. You know, we're not you just in case. And But for me, I felt kind of like energetically that became a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. And so I continued to stand my ground and was just like, I don't want to get on the list. Like, we'll talk about it when I'm 40 weeks. You know, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. And I, you know, at that time, I didn't really know how to stand up for myself. So I just kept trying to say like, not now, maybe later. And I think that kind of angered them a little bit more. <laughs> So when I went in at 40 weeks, I had a really, really traumatic appointment with the head uh, midwife. Mm. So basically she brought in the, her nurse and um, the nurse was taking my vitals, like checking everything. And she just immediately came in and was like, so we're going to do this today. We're going to schedule your induction today because I was like 40 and 40 and one or 40 and two or something like that. Mm-hmm. She was like, we're going to schedule you. We're going to have a delicious fall baby. Cause I was due on September 30th. So, you know, um, or no, I was due on September 21st. So I had him on the 30th, but it, this was, um, a couple days after the, the 21st. And so mm-hmm. she came in and was like, we're going to schedule you. And I immediately was just like, no, I was like, I, I really would like a chance to do this myself. And I mm-hmm. said, absolutely. If you can give me a medical reason why this needs to happen, I would be happy to, mm-hmm. to sign on and do it. Absolutely. And her immediate tone just completely changed. Wow. She immediately looked the other way and started taking deep breaths, like looking at her nurse, like hold me back. And you just, it was just like, wow. And of course, I mean, I'm a 24 year old who's never had a baby, who's never stuck up to a doctor, who's been raised believing that everything the doctors say is right. And I'm like, oh my God, I just upset my doctor. I just upset the woman who's going to like deliver my baby. And I'm starting to freak out. And Mm. she looks at the nurse and like the nurse actually stayed pretty diplomatic, but it was just really, it felt very um, overwhelming and very (laughs) scary. (laughs) And I remember she, she, I will never forget the words that she said to me. She said, okay, I just want to let you know that what I'm trying to do for you is give you a healthy baby. That is my goal for you. And what you are doing right now is going to give you a dead baby. Oh my gosh. And as soon as she said that, it was just like, it it was so scary. And and I started Mm. apologizing. I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to upset anybody or start anything, but Mm -hmm. I, this is just really how I feel. Mm-hmm. and she was just so upset she stormed out she said I'll talk to you in my office later and then she's oh and then she stopped at the door and said to the nurse take her blood pressure <laughs> oh, oh my <laughs> gosh so 
Yeah. How so, of a much of a setup yes. is that? <laughs> the nurse took my blood pressure, and you want to guess how high I was? <laughs> oh my gosh, I can only imagine one eighty. It was not that. It was like one sixty. No. Oh my gosh. But she looked at me and she said, "You are so lucky. I don't send you up to labor and delivery right now." Oh my god. And she left. She said, "I'll see you in my office after this." And I was just so shook the entire time. And I had mm-hmm. agreed to a cervical check that day because that was something. They were like, well, we'll look at your cervix and then we'll talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, first baby. <laughs> so I was like negative three, uh, fingertip, nothing, mm-hmm. like, absolutely nothing, not ready to go at all. And the the midwife, the student midwife who checked me was very nice. She said, well, anything can change. She was really, I think she was really still in that learning curve where she hadn't mm-hmm. been exposed Incredible. to what this head midway. Yes. And so she was really trying to reassure me, but I was just so far gone. I will never forget. I like walked mm-hmm. out of the appointment and I, I actually walking to my car fell down a, a few stairs because I was just okay. so upset. Mm-hmm. And I just, I cried the whole way home and I called my doula. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm feeling so like I have no options. And of course, back then I didn't realize that you could change care anytime. I didn't mm-hmm. know any of that. I was like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I upset this woman. Now she's going to mm-hmm. deliver my baby. It's going to be horrible. Right. And on top of it, I'm probably going to have to get induced. And so I spent really that whole next few like next few days to a week just walking I would wake up every day at 5 a.m and I would walk and you know look at the nature and the rainbows and things like that and I was just I would write letters to my baby saying like I'm ready when you are but I really do think that at this point in my life with what I was going through I did kind of manifest this late baby that just wouldn't come out because I think that he he was realizing there was something scary in this world Mm, yeah and so it was really hard, and I knew that I was going to have to go in for my 41-week appointment. And I knew in my heart that there was something that was going to happen at that 41-week appointment. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> so I went in, and, of course, 41 weeks, it's um, standard procedure to get your fluid check ultrasound and your NST. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got this. I'm going to blow it out of the water. I didn't know what those things were. I was just like, I'm healthy. I'm going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I didn't have anybody telling me, like, this is what could come from this test. This is what mm-hmm. this test is about. I was just like, I'm good. And right. so I went in and I had my NST. And of course, there's like three other women in the room with me. And they're going around and she's asking, when, when is your induction date? And they just answer, when is your induction date? And they're all answering. So then she gets to me and she says, when is your induction date? And I said, I don't have one. And she was like, what do you mean you don't have one? Because everybody has one at this point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't have one. And I think that was kind of the first flag to them that like, mm-hmm. there, there's something going on with this girl. We got to we gotta do something about this. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of made a note and she stopped talking to me and she called down to the OB floor. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. And of course, I'm going through this and, and I can feel energy. So I'm kind of scared mm-hmm. at this point. So then I go, my husband finally gets there and we go into the ultrasound room for the fluid check and Mm -hmm. the OB is showing me like, oh, look at your beautiful baby. This is the, you know, the head and and the feet. And, and she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to measure your fluid now. And I was like, okay, well, I think my fluid was a five. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't remember the exact number, but it was like borderline. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't, it wasn't like good, but it wasn't low. 
And so she said, hold on, they're going to have to induce you. Hold on, I got to go get a doctor. And she ran out of the room. And I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> and it was kind of just like, whoa, whoa, what? Like they're making decisions for me and I haven't even gotten to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So they got the head OB, um, which like, I don't know where any of the midwives were at this point, but he kind of came out and he was, they were literally going to take me from this ultrasound room into L&D and induce me like bing, bang, wow. boom. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, no, like, can we just stop for a second? And can we talk? I was like, I, first of all, I want my midwife. I don't, I don't answer to the OBs. I, I signed on for a midwife. I don't know you. I've never met you. Why, who are you talking to me about all of this? And it was just very like, we're going to induce you. This is how we're going to do it. This is when we're going to do it. And I was like, can I at least just go home? Like to get my mm-hmm. stuff. And suddenly the tone just changed into no, you're a risk to yourself. Like you are a risk. You like, this is problematic. We need to get you hooked mm-hmm. up. We need to get you induced. We need to deliver this baby. And you know, it's funny because they're so used to women just being like, yes, I get to have my baby today. Right. Right. And so he came up to me and that was the first thing he said to me, well, Mrs. Francis, would you like to have your baby today? And I said, not if he's not ready. And he was just like, he gave me this condescending laugh and he was like, well, I think he's ready. <laughs> Like, oh my God. I don't think so. But it, it was funny because this was like my first real experience against authority where mm. it was like I was truly coming into my own intuition and, and questioning things around me and questioning how we do things. Mm-hmm. So it was it was crazy. And so I did agree. Finally, the midwife came out and she she was like, I'll take over from here. And she was really good for the oh, most part, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, well, let's start with... Um, a folly bulb and acupuncture that way mm-hmm. it's not a chemical induction we'll see if your body kicks into that and so I was like I think that's pretty reasonable they're mm-hmm. they're trying to work with me and I did really appreciate that right. so she agreed she said go home have lunch like take a nice walk get relaxed and then come back and we're going to start the process and so when I came back, of course, it all changed. <laughs> they gave me the form to sign saying, you know, this is all the stuff we can do if it comes to this. And it was very overwhelming. And as I'm mm-hmm. doing that, they're putting a Foley bulb in me, which hurt like hell. Like, wow. It really hurts, especially oh when, you know, you haven't. And it was that point that I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Like, this is mm-hmm. really painful because I was being mechanically stretched. Right. I mean, I had never had a baby before. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really scary. And uh, she kept asking, she kept saying, you know, if this doesn't work, we're going to bring on the Pitocin. And I I just started crying. And she was like, what is it? Why don't you want to have Pitocin? Is it? Did you watch that business of being born? Are you serious? She said that. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, I did. But also like I, my mother had an awful experience with Pitocin to the point where she overreacted to it. Mm. And, you know, she never came back from that. Like they had to give her the epidural and she had to eventually have forceps for me because she was so tired. She couldn't push me out. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want Pitocin because I don't want to have a reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she kept saying, you know, well, we do things differently now than we did in the eighties and it'll be fine. And so long story short, we did the Foley bulb. It got me to a three and Mm -hmm. acupuncture didn't do anything. I wish it had. I wish I could say Mm -hmm. that I had that successful story, but it was not successful. We did two rounds 
they gave it their best shot <laughs> it did not do anything and I mean maybe that was me and my fear I don't know mm-hmm. but it did not work for me and so finally they came in and they said okay well you're a three and I said yeah but I'm a three and they're like but you're only a three. Oh gosh okay so they said well we got to bring on the Pitocin so I was like I no I'm not doing it mm-hmm. and they're like what like, it was just shocking it, I was like no I'm, I'm not I'm not doing Pitocin I don't have to do this mm-hmm. so I saw probably three nurses <laughs> in the next 24 <laughs> hours who came in they gave me the same story of like you're getting more and more tired Mrs. Francis your baby's gonna you know start going into distress and it would be better to just do this than to have to make this an emergency situation and your fluid is low and I kept asking questions like well, can I just drink water? Can you give me an IV? Can we retest my fluid? Because it was borderline. And they were like, no, 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 it doesn't make a difference. And of course, now, now in my learning and research since this Mm -hmm. event, I realized that yes, it does make a difference. Right. So (laughs) it was a little, you know, that was definitely something I had to work through. But Mm -hmm. uh, it was hard because they kind of had me in this this trap where I was like I I can't I my intuition is telling me I cannot accept Pitocin at this point um but also I'm stuck here (laughs) like they're gonna wear me down you're fighting fighting yeah yeah and so it was 24 hours later I actually started to oh they finally let me off the monitor to watch so I finally got a good midwife who who came in because they did a turnover every 12 hours Mm -hmm. and she was the one who inevitably ended up delivering me and she was really great um, her name was Rosemary Griggs. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And <laughs> she came in and she was like, well, you know, women have shocked me. She's like, I've been doing this for 30 years. You never know. And I said to her, if I could just get free from all of this crap on me, <laughs> the mm-hmm. blood pressure cuff and, and the, the things around my belly and everything that I've, you know, if I could just get free from all of this and just walk, Mm-hmm. I think I could get something going. And she said, you know what? I'm going to talk to the OB. Let's see what we can do. They got mm-hmm. me 30 minutes. She said, you have 30 minutes. You can take a shower. You can walk. And I was thrilled. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't take a shower. I walked and walked and walked. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to make some progress and show them that my body can do this. Mm-hmm. And so I did. She ended up, she came in at the 30 minute mark. She's like, okay, I'm going to check you. And, you know, she was working with me in her own way with the system in the way that she could. And I really appreciated that. Right. And she checked me and I was a four. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. I I dilated a centimeter. (laughs) But then it went back to, but you're only a four and your contractions are not consistent. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have to do Pitocin. And I was like, wait, but I progressed. Like, what, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? It was like, well, you're not progressing fast enough. And mm-hmm. this is an emergency. We need to get this baby out now. And I'm like, but I've been on these freaking strips for like over 24 hours and he's been fine. Right. And so it became this really, it was really difficult and, and it mm-hmm. was really vulnerable. And I, I turned to my doula and, and she, I know that she had her own thoughts and, and she was really trying to be supportive. And Mm -hmm. I turned to my husband and he was like, I'm here for you. And I'm like, so this is on me. (laughs) What do I do? So I ended up calling my friend who's a physician assistant and she also had a hypnobirth and she was, she was very inspiring to me. So I called her up and of course with her medical background, I really, really trust her. Mm -hmm. So she, she was like, okay, you know what? She's like, you need to get up. Cause I was like, it's starting to hurt. I don't think I can do this much longer. Like it's hurting. And 
she was like go go in the bathroom and sit on the toilet and so mm-hmm. she took the phone and she talked to Kyle my husband and she was like uh, you need to get her out of there get her out of there just have her sign the form get the AMA form sign it mm-hmm. and leave get her wow. out of there she needs to rest she was like if she just goes home and takes a nap she'll have this baby by midnight mm. and so that's what they did they locked me in the bathroom <laughs> Yeah, and I went home. I took a great nap. Mm. It was really scary. They really scare you. You sign that AMA yeah. form. And I, I really want to bring this up because I was so scared to sign that because I was like, what's going to happen to me? Mm. Like, if, if I sign that, are they just done with me? Right. Like, am I on my own? And so I, I asked her. So I signed it. And she was like, okay, Kimberly, like, you know, and it was funny because one of the nurses even was like, I think you did the right thing. But of course, they wouldn't say that till after I signed. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> they told me they were like, you know, we're still going to take care of you. Make sure you come in tomorrow. We'll do an NST regardless of what you want. Just come in and we'll keep checking in on you. So the thing is, they don't completely abandon you when you sign this form. It's basically just you saying, I disagree with this decision. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had known that back then. Right. Um, so I signed it and I left and I felt so free. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I was wearing this like long sundress and the sun just hit me and it was like, oh, and <laughs> came home, took a nap and went in the shower. Contractions started up again. And uh, around 8 p.m. my water broke. Oh, wow. uh, but I didn't know if it was my water. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Because it was just a little gush. And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, the movies make it out like it's going to be like all over the floor. And <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that was my water. And it had a little bit of a green tint to it. Mm. And I was like, I don't know. It could, maybe it was just my plug. And I'm not sure. And so I called up my friend again. And I was like, what do you think? She was like, look, if there's something wrong, your intuition's going to kick in. And mm-hmm. you're going to know. And she was like, just go to bed. And so I did. I went to bed and I slept really well. And it was funny because we didn't know the gender of this baby yet. Mm. And the whole pregnancy, we were thinking, girl, 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 girl. But I remember that night I had a dream that I was getting an ultrasound and I saw boy parts. (laughs) And so then I woke from that dream, but I woke in kind of like a panic. And I I went into the bathroom and there was a little more green. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Kyle and I said, I think something's wrong. I think we need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, well, let's go. Um, and I was just so worried the whole time. I was like, I don't feel it moving. And so, of course, I think that was just mm-hmm. my anxiety because, like, we were almost to the hospital and I felt him start to move. And I was like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got in there and I told him what happened. I was like, I think my water might have broken and it was kind of green. So I don't know if there was meconium or anything. And mm-hmm. they immediately, like, no questions asked, no judgment, took me back into a room. Um, she was like, yep, you're still a four. And she said, yeah, your water did break. The head's right here. I can see a bunch of hair. And mm-hmm. she just pushed the head to the side and mm-hmm. all of this water came out and, <laughs> and tar, like green tar. Oh, wow. Um, so it was very, very thick meconium, mm-hmm. which honestly, in hindsight, I think that it was just us. We were scared. Yeah. And, and it was just, it could have been a different experience, but also in hindsight, this is the experience that, that shaped me. So I don't think mm-hmm. I would ever change it. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of the beginning of like, wow, I'm about to go into the unknown and into my deepest fears. Like my deepest mm-hmm. fears are becoming reality where I'm going to have to give up some control. Mm-hmm. And so they said, you know, you're not having consistent contractions. We're going to have to give you Pitocin. This is an emergency. 
Uh, we're not sure how the baby's going to be when he comes out. He may have to go to the NICU and be resuscitated. We're going to have to have the peds in the room. And suddenly I had this peace of knowing, okay, this mm-hmm. is the time. Now is the time I'm going to have to get Pitocin. And, mm-hmm. and I remember turning to my husband and my doula and just saying, please don't judge me, whatever happens. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, of course not. But I had to get it out. I had to at least yeah. get it out. So we got in the room and they hooked me up to everything and they started the Pitocin and it was actually not that bad. <laughs> it's funny because I, the thing that I was most scared of was actually, I think what saved me <laughs> during that birth and it really wasn't that bad. Um, I canceled it out for a lot of it and that's where my hypnobirth thing really came in handy. Nice. So as I was having the contractions, I kind of used my mind training to convince myself that they were my own and not mm-hmm. the person. and I kind of canceled it out I made them turn the little thing that shows the contractions away from me because I didn't uh-huh. want to see I wanted to just trust my body and just feel it um, mm. and that really helped me a lot and I was still moving around I did have to have an IV because I was GBS positive for this birth um, mm. but I was still moving around I was in a rocking chair um, I had a ball but I hated it <laughs> so <laughs> most of the time I was standing Um, I Mm -hmm. had an awful nurse when this started, though. So she was very adamant about, I'm going to progress you to a certain point before I get off my shift. Because I'm, yeah, it was like, I'm helping you. Like, and she she kept (laughs) saying, I've been doing this so long. And it was all about her. And I I kept telling her, you know, because the issue, too, was I was hypnobirthing, of course. So I Mm -hmm. did not appear to be in any pain. I was, Mm. it looked like I was sleeping. And so they would come in and they said, okay, Kimberly, can you please rate your pain? And I said, no, (laughs) well, we need you. We don't know what to enter into the computer. We got to know what your progress is. I said, I'm not, I'm not rating my pain. I'm not feeling pain. I'm not rating pain Mm -hmm. because I, in hypnobirthing, you turn pain into pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't want to talk about pain. And that's in my freaking birth plan. Like I was just so irritated that nobody took into account my feelings or Mm -hmm. what I wanted. And they just so quickly forgot what I wanted for their protocol. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kept just saying, no, no, no. And so they didn't know what to do with me. (laughs) And that was really scary because what they did was they kept saying, well, she's not appearing to be in any pain. So we're just going to push this Pitocin up. And I kept saying, I kept telling them, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I don't need you, please. And I, there was one point where she upped it and I said, please don't do that. And she said, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm the professional here. (laughs) And I was like, I'm, I am, I'm telling you that I don't need any more. I am good. And she said, well, you're not appearing to be any pain in any pain and you're not rating your pain. So we're just going to have to do this. <laughs> and so I struggled with this for like probably an hour, at least I would say, of course, I don't really think I had much concept of time, <laughs> in, in this point. but um, it was only about 11 hours total from when the Pitocin was administered to when I had him. Oh. And I was dilating about a centimeter every three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty good progress and it was, it was interesting because then the midwife came in to check me because they had to check you regularly. So she came in to check mm-hmm. me and the nurse kept threatening me with the IUPC. She kept saying, um, if you don't do this, we're going to have to put this monitor up inside you and hook it to your baby's head. And she kept showing it to me like, this oh is why God. we need to progress you. And it was so scary because I'm like, what the hell right. is that? <laughs> So it was really scary. And at the end of the day, they did it anyway, because I guess that's standard protocol or something. Um, So it Mm -hmm. wasn't even like it was an option, but she was presenting it to me like, if you don't do this, you're going to get this. Um, So the midwife put it up inside me because 
with the belt, they can't measure the exact intensity of the contractions. And Mm -hmm. because of how I was choosing the birth, they couldn't tell how strong my contractions were. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't giving them anything to go off of with my, my face or my body language. um, And I wouldn't rate my pain. (laughs) So they were like, all the hypnobirthing stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And they didn't understand that. And none of them Mm -hmm. had ever really seen a hypnobirth. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my nurses was actually in training and she had never seen a birth without an epidural. So mm. it was, it was kind of strange. And so she, the midwife came in, she checked me, she said, okay, you are progressing. That's good. And so she put the internal monitor on and suddenly the room just changed and everybody was starting to freak out a little bit. And they were like drawing my blood. They were telling me I had to take a urine test. Well, the contractions were, it was just one giant contraction. Like it was just a big mountain that never went down. Mm. And so the, the midwife got really upset and she was just like, turn off the Pitocin. So they turned right. it off. And I actually labored by myself for quite a while uh, before Mm. they, they kicked it back on later on in the labor, but I honestly couldn't even tell you when they did because I Mm -hmm. was so just involved in what I was doing. But when they finally realized their mistake in doing that and that they had given me too much, it started to taper off and I started to get my own groove and I started to get comfortable. And Mm -hmm. it was this whole time, it was just like, wow, this, I don't know what people like, this isn't that bad, you know, like I. (laughs) I can do this. I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. it was just this feeling of, okay, I know what I need. I, I liked counter pressure. I liked mm-hmm. um, standing up and holding onto the bar. And I did that for most of the labor. Uh, so mm-hmm. then she came in and checked me. This was the last time that she, well, second, the last time she had checked me and she came mm-hmm. in and she said, um, okay, you're, you're a seven. So of course I was going five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. So she said, you're, you're seven centimeters. Um, and she said, you're almost an eight. Uh, so she, she was like, okay, well, you're, it's looking good. So I'll, I'll come back to check on you in a little bit. And it was like, mm-hmm. as soon as she shut that door, something happened. And it was like, suddenly I could not deal with it anymore. Like I was completely quiet this entire birth. I was totally mm-hmm. fine. And there was like, it was just like a switch flipped. And I just started making all these noises. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, I don't, you know, this is my first baby. So I didn't realize I was in transition. <laughs> but and I, right. was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I kept saying that I kept look, every mm-hmm. time in between these contractions. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And um, my doula kept saying, yes, you can. And she shoved an ice chip in my mouth. <laughs> and <laughs> This was sunshine, of course. <laughs> she she an ice chip and uh, mm-hmm. she said, yes, you can. You're doing it. And, and I mm-hmm. couldn't respond because I had the ice chip in my mouth uh-huh. and, and the ice chip actually felt really good, too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was such a good tactic. Um, and so I guess at some point, like sunshine realized I was in transition. So she left yeah. the room to get the midwife and, and tell her, you know, you need to come back and check her, even though they mm-hmm. had just checked me. And so she came in and of course I was so young. I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) She came in and she, I was on all fours at this point. She was like, okay, I'm, I'm here to check you. And I said, I'm not moving. (laughs) And she said, uh, Oh, you don't have to move. I'm just going to look up. And so she looked up and all I heard her say was, I don't see a cervix. And I was like, Oh my God, where did it go? Like, what's going on? What do you mean? They're going to bring me back to OR. Like what's going on? I have no idea. And I was just freaking out at this point because um, I had no idea what was going on. And mm-hmm. it was crazy. Like everybody just rushed in and, and everything's so like, I don't I really don't remember a whole lot, but I know it, it wasn't that long. And mm-hmm. they brought everybody in. They flipped me over. I think it was like two pushes and, and mm-hmm. he just flew out and <laughs> 
you know, and he was perfectly fine. They did have to um, pump him out a little bit because he had some, mm-hmm. pain, but he was brought right back to me. Um, he was only six pounds and mm-hmm. it was just like, whoa. And, and just that trend, <laughs> I'll never forget like that last push. I will never forget that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then it was like, he came out and it was like, the most beautiful like the heavens just opened up like it was the mm-hmm. most beautiful feeling of just having that release right and and yeah and that was that was my birth story with Tristan and um, <laughs> it was amazing even everybody in the room was amazed but the midwife I remember the midwife came up to me after and she said you know Kimberly not a lot of women could do what you just did mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it was really empowering despite the fact that I needed all of this intervention I really did need it like I fought it as mm-hmm. long as I could um for that point in my life I did need it and it was hard Mm -hmm. for a while because no matter who I told my story to nobody really appreciated it you know because Mm -hmm. it was like from the medical side it was like you're so dumb you're lucky you didn't die you know you're (laughs) lucky your baby didn't die and then from Mm -hmm. the natural side it was like well you really didn't need Pitocin and it was like but you know in my heart now I I know that that story was what I needed and and Mm -hmm. that birth was what I needed and Mm -hmm. it taught me a lot so I'm really thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I got chicken skin and I'm like tearing up over here. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> really crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was just amazing. I just love how you, how you have it in your head. Like it's, it was how it was supposed to be. No matter what everybody else says, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. It's what it you... took me a long time to overcome that really, because there's mm-hmm. so much pressure on women who are having babies where it's like, mm-hmm. what's the right thing to do? And like, you got to take Bradley or you got to take hypnobirthing <laughs> or you got to take the hospital course. Or you got to prepare yourself for the worst. And it's like, it's not a one size fits all experience. The human body is so, you know, it's designed so differently from soul to soul. And I think that's something right. that we really need to take into account when when we're doing things, I mean, anything really, but especially childbirth, because it's such a spiritual experience, regardless of whether or not, you know, whatever your beliefs are, it is a spiritual experience. Right. So true. So true. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to add? I was wondering, like, if you had any thought about how your mom had had Pitocin and if that kind of passed down to you like that you needed it because she had she needed it in a way yes it's funny because after the birth the midwife did come to me and she said you know your body responds really well to pitocin like Mm -hmm. you really didn't need that much of it Mm. and it's funny because what would have caused me so much fear with the whole you know my mom needed it and and I don't want to be my mom and Mm. the thing that I've learned over time and it's taken me a long time (laughs) experience to learn is that I'm not my mom And I'm never going to be my mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mom doesn't want me to be her. So it's it's good. And it's time for me to let go and become my own person. Mm -hmm. Um, But she did, the midwife did mention that I responded really well to it. And that Mm -hmm. released a lot of fear for me too, knowing that if anything were to ever happen, I do respond to it. It's not Mm -hmm. necessary, you know, and I, I love these documentaries that talk about the dangers of overusing these things, because I do think that that's an issue we need to bring Mm -hmm. awareness to. But I Mm -hmm. also think that we shouldn't put this one, one size fits all on Mm -hmm. women because sometimes we do need it. And sometimes it is what we need. Right. Right. And, and in my case it was, and I really didn't have another option at that point. I wish that I could go back and hug 24 year old me and say, just let Mm -hmm. it all go. But, that wasn't going to happen at that point in my life. So, Mm -hmm. 
um, I, I was just thankful that I had it and that it, it worked so well for me. And I wouldn't go back and change anything because I think, mm-hmm. you know, in my doula work that I, I have done in the past, I'm not currently working as a doula right now because I'm raising my children. <laughs> um, but in, in my past work, I've been able to level with women who have been scared and mm. say, you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to affect you like that. And, and right. I think that's where intuition comes in. If you feel like it's something you need to do, then it's something you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we should be letting, you know, documentaries or other people's stories or anything like that affect us. Right, right. So true. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's stop here and then we'll do the other one your other birth story after this okay (laughs) (laughs) was there any anything else you wanted to add though before we go i don't think so okay thank you so much no problem and we'll talk to you again soon okay bye bye